Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. And for this episode, we're doing a new release movie, uh, 2018's Halloween. Uh, at the time of this recording, this movie has already been out for, was it a week, Tom? Yeah, a week. It's uh, currently uh number one movie uh, in America for the second week in a row as well. There we go. And joining me is Tom from Jake and Tom Conquer the World. So thank you, sir, for returning. Now, I, I feel many people already know who you are because you've been on the show a number of times. But maybe if somebody's tuning in just to listen to Halloween and has not heard of this show, uh, can you talk a little bit about what you do over at Jake and Tom Conquer the World? The best description I've ever heard of my show is imagining, uh, uh, imagine sitting at a, a bar and a couple seats down the bar, you have a couple of geeks who are discussing random topics from movies to television shows to comic books to just everyday life things, and that's our show. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, you do a sideshow where uh, you and I, we uh, host the Cobra Kai Companion, uh, which is a, uh, you know exclusive Cobra Kai uh, podcast. You know, we've reviewed... Uh, you know, all the episodes, and we've interviewed many, many cast members and done a bunch of bonus content. So uh, so that's why you're also on here. You you might be my unofficial uh, Podstalgic co-host, too. We're going to be doing a lot of movies together. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yes, we are doing a new release, and typically with my new releases, I do kind of like a non-spoiler and then a spoiler section, which we'll probably still do now because it is a new release, even though it's a week old. Um, but also, I think we're going to go into a little bit more than I typically would for a new release. So for those that, you know, have listened to these before, you know, Tom, you're joining me, so we'll probably get into a lot more of the details. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out now. I've never really been a big horror guy, and so uh, I do like a good scare, you know, so I got some thrillers that I really enjoy, uh, just to name a few, you know, Sixth Sense, Stir of Echoes, Frighteners, those are some of my uh, favorites, but when it comes to horror, I don't know if I have, like, any franchises, franchises that I really watch over and over. I really do enjoy Scream. I even like the fourth movie. Uh, I like uh, Child's Play, the first three. Um, I haven't seen very much after those, yeah, you know, especially like The Bride, The Seed. I do want to watch like The Curse of, which I think is maybe the more recent one. But with Halloween, can't say I've watched all of them, and I'm pretty sure I haven't watched all of them. I definitely have seen the original and some of the remakes, you know, the the, the Rob Zombie movies. Okay. So that's kind of where I am with the uh, the Halloween franchise. I'm I'm kind of the opposite than uh, compared to you because I I have a number of franchises that I really enjoy. Uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, uh, we reviewed that entire series last year. That's right. Uh, but uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, films, the Friday the Thirteenth films, and uh, yeah, the the Halloween films, uh, and I, I I have kind of a, a love hate relationship with all these franchises because the first movies in those series by and large i all except for friday the 13th you know just 
kind of campy all around, but especially those others, the first ones in those franchises, I would say are classic films that uh, really have stood the test of time. Uh, and uh, some of them are among my favorite films, regardless of genre. But uh, there are a lot of films in all of those series that are just bad, bad, bad movies that I wish were better, but unfortunately aren't. Now, I really did enjoy the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the other night I almost watched Leatherface. The reason I didn't was because I hadn't heard anything about it, but have you seen that one? You know what? I have not heard it. I, I've watched, haven't watched it, but I've heard nothing but bad things about it. Oh, no. Okay, yeah, because it looked really, um, I think, I think it said it was like an hour 20 something, you know, so that, you know, I, I'm sure I could have got through that pretty quick, but I didn't want to watch like a bad movie either you know well let, let's put it this way it was one of those movies that was finished for a long long time and just kind of sat on the shelf and then eventually when it was released it didn't i don't think it went into the theaters it was released pretty much straight to direct tv mm, interesting okay yeah yeah I, I did watch the trailer though because that's what i like about on demand you know you, you have the option to watch the trailer as well and the trailer looked good so whoever cut that did a great job but that's that's too bad if the movie wasn't very good um, mm. but okay. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of get into this first. We're going to start off with non-spoilers for those that, uh, have not yet seen it and want to kind of get an idea whether they should or not. Um, this one was directed by uh, someone I'm not too familiar with, uh, but it's, uh, David Gordon Green, uh, who also wrote it with, uh, Danny McBride and Jeff, uh, Fradley. Now, Tom, when this was kind of announced and Danny McBride's, uh, name was attached to it, what, what were your thoughts, uh, about that? I was automatically intrigued because I find Danny McBride to be hilarious. And there's a old theory that goes around that says that if an actor can evoke laughter from an audience, they can evoke any kind of emotion because laughter is the hardest one to draw out. So if he was going to have a hand in writing this, I was really, really curious to see what the end product was going to be. Yeah, uh, I I don't want to say like I was excited because you know um, I I enjoy Danny McBride and I loved him in uh, gosh what's the end of the world movie that they did with like Franco? oh uh, this is the end this is the end I loved him in that one he's in some of the funniest moments uh, of, of that movie um, oh, I, yeah. I've never seen you know um, uh, outbound down oh uh, eastbound and down that one yes so you got to watch Vice Principles. That was another reason why I was really intrigued, because he's his typical hilarious self in that show, but it's also a very effective drama, mm, and okay. he had a very large part in writing and directing it, and uh, I can't say enough good things about that show. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely uh, give it a shot, um, but yeah, th but the fact that his name was attached to, to this property in no way turned me off, because kind of like to w what you said, you know, you and I, we talk about Breaking Bad often in uh, on our Cobra Kai show, you know, I was... I was very interested in seeing what he could have done with this, and um, one thing I do like about this movie is that you don't get... It's not funny, like, all the way through the movie. You probably don't get, like, much comedy until about halfway through in the second act, I feel. You know, I, I feel yeah. like they were trying to do their due diligence and really setting up this this movie, setting, like, a certain tone. 
but um, just kind of letting the viewers know, like, look, we're not going to turn this into like a comedy horror. And so uh, I, I did appreciate that about the movie. Um, Tom, what is your overall thought of this movie? I walked into it like I do every single one of these movies in a long standing franchise, wanting to love it, prepared myself to hate it. And I walked out not feeling either of them. I I really, really, really enjoyed it, but it's not flawless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Um, I had some criticisms coming out of it, but they were uh, extremely nitpicky, you know, in in talking with with some people. They're like, really? I've got got some very minor, tiny nitpicks, but I've got one massive flaw that prevented this from being a great movie, in my opinion. Interesting. Uh, And all of those will be discussed in in the spoiler section, so we'll keep it non-spoiler for now. Mm -hmm. Um, I I went in with, you know, not a whole lot of anticipation. I just really wanted to be able to enjoy this movie because, again, Halloween wasn't my, you know, a a franchise I grew up watching. The Halloween movie, I think it's fine. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's not one I don't ever feel like I'd be in the mood to watch. Uh, One of the things that I really... I I still dislike about that original Halloween movie is when he dresses up in a sheet, you know, and puts the glasses over. Like, I'm sure it was effective when that movie came out. But since I came onto that movie so late in my life, I just thought it was silly. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the sheet that was the point of it. It was the vulnerability of Linda because she is literally burying himself to her under the thought that it's her boyfriend that she was just intimate with not realizing that her boyfriend's dead and she's in mortal danger yeah i know i i get that but it's just the visual of it like it's it's distracting to me Mm -hmm. you know and like maybe if he didn't put the glasses on because i'm i'm imagining you know like there's these funny uh videos of you know, people are like, oh, Michael Myers when nobody's looking, you know, and it's like people sprinting, you know, and stuff like that. And so I'm watching that particular scene and I'm just imagining him like putting the sheet over his head, taking the glasses off and putting that on, you know, so it's, it's taking away from kind of what you're, you know, explaining about that particular scene, you know. No, and I, so- I never, I never looked at it that way. I always figured it was saying a lot about the character of Michael Myers who, uh, for those of you who haven't seen this movie, which is 40 years old, spoiler alert, he was a six-year-old child who murdered his sister and then was institutionalized. I took it as he stopped developing as a person after that. He stopped maturing. Uh, he, he got physically mature, but emotionally and intellectually, he was still a six-year-old child. And that's something that a six-year-old child would do. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right, I could see that, but still, visually, it's it's kind of silly to me. But um, I get it. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, you know what? If you guys are hardcore Halloween fans, I, some of the things I say is probably gonna piss you off, you know. And and I, I'm it's sorry, all good. I'm sorry, but you know, I, I, again, it's a movie that I came in really late in life. Now, I love Back to the Future. You know, that's my favorite mm-hmm. movie. I have heard people talk. You know, um, some I mean, they, they've had criticisms about that movie, and you know it's not a perfect movie, and I get that. And you know what? That's their opinion. I get it. That's not going to ruffle my feathers. Well, as I say, it doesn't take away my enjoyment if you don't enjoy something that I like. You know, 
We're all individuals. I'm not going to be that person you asked to watch it with, and, and that's <laughs> fine, right? So, okay, so um, let's talk a, a little. Oh, I guess I didn't really quite finish uh, my my overall thoughts, but yeah, I I had a lot of fun. Right at the end of the movie, I applauded along with everybody else in my theater, and I was just you know kind of like fist pumping, like this this is what I wanted and more. So I really enjoyed it. But after processing the movie, I started thinking about certain things that happened. I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, it, it, to what you're saying, Tom, it, it's not a perfect movie. It, it is flawed. It's got some some things that kind of distracted me from from the enjoyment of the of the film because some parts where you just really have to suspend your disbelief. And oh uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a slasher movie. You have to suspend your disbelief. Yeah, I just thought that it was going to be a little bit more grounded. You know, just kind of. I feel like. Me personally, I've been spoiled by things that have been a little bit more grounded, whereas that particular genre, you know, was supernatural and things of that nature, right? So, like, uh, Freddy Krueger, for example, I feel you can have a grounded version of that franchise, you know, uh, and I understand that he's somebody that visits you in your dreams and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, there's just some things where I'm just like, oh, man, come on, like, I, yeah, we'll get into it. Um, so let's talk about some of the returning and new cast members. Uh, obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis returns as Laurie Strode. Uh, Judy Greer uh, is a newcomer here, plays her daughter Karen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Karen. And uh, we have, what's her last name? Andy Matichek, probably. My apologies mm. if I mispronounce that. She uh, she plays Allison. That is Karen's daughter and Laurie's granddaughter. Uh, we get a kind of a surprise role for me. I don't know if he's canon or anything, but Will Patton plays uh, Sheriff Hawkins here. Was he ever mentioned in any of the previous movies? I don't believe he was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was interesting when he was introduced because obviously Will Patton's a very uh, recognizable actor, and so I was, yeah, was kind of curious. Yeah, one of the those people that you see, and it's like, oh, hey, it's it's that guy. Yeah, so it looks like they were trying to retcon his character too. So yeah, I mm-hmm. was kind of kind of interested about that. Uh, we got a new actor playing. Uh, Michael Myers. His name is uh, James Jude Courtney. And I want to give a shout out to the uh, Epic Film guys, too, because uh, they did an interview uh, with him. So uh, definitely give that episode a listen if you're interested. Uh, who else should uh, should we mention in here? That's pretty much it, right? Well, wanna... there's one massive one that you're leaving out, and that would be Nick Castle. Uh, Michael Myers was actually played by two actors in this movie. One oh, was, again, okay. James Jude Courtney, but also Nick Castle. And the significance of that is that he played the shape in the original Halloween. He he reprised his role. Okay, so in in this uh, again, you know, I'm I'm not a fan of Halloween, so I don't I don't know this stuff, right? So I'm just kind of like prefacing all of this to to the listeners. The shape that ex- that term is new to me. Like I literally just heard that for the first time like a couple months ago. So that, that was how the character was billed in the credits uh, at the end of Halloween, not as Michael oh. Myers, but as the shape. And to me, that is kind of creepy because he's a complete blank. He's not really a person. There's nothing inside him except for pure evil. evil. Mm-hmm. So Nick Castle is the original, the shape? He was the original shape 
slash Michael Myers, mm. and they brought him back to reprise the role uh, in a bunch of different shots. Kind of like how uh, in the new Star Wars movies, Peter Mayhew, the original Chewbacca, right. is Chewbacca in some scenes, and then they have another actor as Chewbacca in different scenes. Interesting. Okay. All right. D- didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I completely missed that name, but I have seen it before. Uh, see, and that's how little I've seen like the Hollywood movies. Like Nick Castle is not a name that I recognize. Uh, and then, you know, let's throw in Ray, t- uh, played by Toby Huss. Yeah, kind of a, a funny father there. Uh, so in in this movie, basically, yeah, it takes forty or it takes place forty years after uh, we find out that Laurie Strode has kind of been in I don't know hiding. I guess you can say right. She's no, got, I wouldn't no. say she's been well, hiding not, at not all. Hiding, but she's got like all these she's, locks. She's on become her doors fortified. And, okay. That's a that that is a word, yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I you know what, Tom, you're better with words. Why don't you kind of give like a little brief uh, summary of the, she, the movie? She has not been hiding at all from Michael Myers or, uh, or the uh, inevitability that he's going to be coming out and returning for her. She's been preparing for him mm-hmm. ever since. She has set her home up in such a way where. Somebody will only get in there if she allows them in there, whether it's heavy iron gates, whether it's a uh, super bright motion detecting lights outside of her house, whether it's uh, uh, secret passageways or panic rooms, whether it's uh, being armed to the teeth. She has not been hiding at all. She has yeah. been getting ready. That's yeah. That's not what I meant. I didn't. I didn't mean hiding because clearly she she leaves the house. You know, she goes yeah. to, um, you know, she's out in public, right? So yeah, that that's not what I meant. But yeah, yeah. I, this this was really interesting. Um, because I don't know. I I thought that we would probably get more Jamie Lee Curtis. Do you feel maybe not under news, but did you feel there was a good balance of news for her character and also like I thought, with new characters? I thought we got the appropriate. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis to uh, Michael Myers ratio in this movie. Okay. I felt that, mm, yeah, I, th- I guess we, we get a good amount of him as well. Uh, wh- what did you think about uh, the new characters? I thought they were actually fairly interesting, uh, just from a family dynamic. I mean, we've all had members of our family that, you know, uh, one of our uh, immediate family members is estranged from, but we still try to have a relationship from uh, with them. Uh, so, I mean, it, it felt it felt kind of real in a sense. Yeah, uh, w- one person I want to point out, the uh, Andy Matichek, who who plays Allison, her her granddaughter. I thought she was really good in this movie. I and, did too. Yeah, yeah. There were some points where like her facial reactions, you know, was was very. It spoke louder than words. You know, there was like no dialogue said. And, um, you know, I, I thought she was really good. And was, correct me if I'm wrong, but was she, she wasn't introduced in this movie, right? This wasn't her first go around, I don't believe. It's the first time I remember seeing her. Uh, but I would be very surprised if she hasn't had other uh, roles. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember if they, um, you know, if it was like introducing Andy Matichek, you know. But uh, yeah, I thought she was really good, and we'll talk about some of those specific scenes later on. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought the, you know, Judy Greer, I like her, you know. So um, it's just like she's popping up in like every big franchise now, and so sometimes you're just kind of like, is this Judy Greer or is this going to be like a, a, a like a different person, you know, that she's actually portraying? Uh, did, did she bother you at all? What do you think of Judy Greer? 
No, I thought she was. I thought she was great. Yeah, yeah, I thought she was really good too. Her story uh, was was really sad, uh, which we'll we'll kind of save uh, a little bit later too. Um, I think we we got most of our thoughts out, and you know, um, well, how about this? Because um, Danny McBride had had a hand in this, we definitely got some humor. What did you think about the humor in this movie? Uh, sometimes I thought it stuck out a little bit too much. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying that it was bad or it didn't make me laugh. It just kind of felt out of place sometimes. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I thought it was... It, it definitely is the funny... Oh, I haven't seen all of them, but I would imagine that this is probably one of the funnier you know, Halloween movies, but also one of the most brutal, too, because there is some, some horrific death scenes in here. Yes, uh... It's been a while since I've watched uh, the other uh, installments other than the original. That's when I find myself watching every year. Uh, I I can't think of a lot of brutal uh, scenes in the other ones to, that would compare to this. I mean, maybe the Rob Zombie ones, but I saw those in the, the theater and I haven't seen them since. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, so we kind of gave our initial thoughts. Uh, what we'll do is we'll kind of give our recommendations whether to watch this movie, then we'll get into spoilers. But, uh, Tom, would you recommend people watch this movie? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm contemplating on going to see it again. Yeah, I, I kind of do too, but uh, I don't have a whole lot of time to go to the theaters. But uh, I'd recommend definitely watch it in the in, in the theater for, for sure. Uh, this watch one... it on a late night with a packed crowd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. I was a little scared on the way home because I have to drive through what is kind of like a forest, you know, to, to go home. So uh, I definitely had the, the chill and creepy factors uh, on the way home. Um, mm-hmm. This movie was uh, really, really well done. Um, now, did you you stayed to the very end, right? Was there like a, a stinger or something? Because I felt like I missed something because I, I think I told you there was nothing at the end. But then I heard otherwise afterwards. There was. uh it was just a sound effect. Okay. I completely missed it. So, I mean, I stayed till the very end, too. So, uh, there you go. Um, there, there's that at the end. So, uh, right now, I'll go ahead and play a little break. And then when we come back, we'll get into spoilers. On Halloween in 1978, you saw deranged serial killer Michael Myers murder three innocent teenagers. The thing that interests us about this story is... After 40 years, could it be that one monster has created another? So, you don't believe in the boogeyman? Uh, no. You should. And we are back. So if you are listening beyond this point, either you have seen the movie or you don't care to be spoiled. Um, Tom, let's start, let's start with the uh, the cold opening. You know, uh, it's something that we have seen as a, as a teaser or a trailer um, previously before this movie was released. But we got two, uh, two true crime podcasters that go visit um they're not podcasters sir they're investigative journalists well, they they call themselves <laughs> podcasters you know no uh, it just made me made me chuckle that uh, they were uh at least the gentleman was taking himself so seriously but when he went to go visit uh, Lori, you know and he was like well, we're podcasters or something like that i i had a pretty good chuckle <laughs> yeah yeah 
Um, but what what did you think about that cold open? Because it was it was kind of like um, you know we get to see you know at the back of uh, Michael Myers you know as a, as an old man you know you're he's out on the courtyard with all these other um, you know uh, sick patients lunatics yeah you know? yeah I, I mean I not to not to be too blunt but right, these yeah. are these are people who are not well. Right, they're not, and I didn't know how else to word it, but not well. I, I think is uh, is a very good uh, way of saying it. But you know, this podcaster, what what is it? What is his name? His name is Aaron. He apparently somehow got the the mask from a DA uh, and and brings it. And this is also where we kind of get the introduction of uh, Doctor Sartain. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. Yeah. So, what would you think about this scene with the with the new doctor and and the mask? Like, obviously, we needed to introduce the mask and how he's eventually going to get it. I thought the mask looked amazing mm-hmm. because, it, again, if you watch these movies, there are sometimes very subtle differences, sometimes glaring differences from the mask uh, from movie to movie. This looked like a very worn an aged version of the mask from the original movie. I mean, down to the the hole in the neck where Laurie jabbed him in the neck with the knitting needle. Mm. It was, uh, I, I thought it looked great. I thought it looked really good too. And it's funny because like uh, around this time, you often see like the uh, posts from people, you know, showing like the, the, the different masks over the years and stuff. And uh, this is definitely one of the best ones. And to, to be quite honest, when you comp- when you have all of them next to each other, a lot of them look kind of bad, you know. And yeah, it, it, yeah, they absolutely do. Yeah, and it, it could also be like the the actual image and angle that they're being shared. Like, I wonder if they get better angles if it looks any better. But no. yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> there's one I feel I, I feel like it was part four, but it looked like he his eyes looked a little slanted and. You know, I think somebody captioned it like, oh, Michael Myers was on one in this movie. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, the, the masks, just, they just looked really silly. But I, you know, I love the look. It looks, you know, grounded and not just, um, you know, kind of like what you said. It looks like it has actually aged, you know, so uh, so I, I really now, do dig real it. real quick, you do know how that original mask came about, don't you? Yeah, it's uh, William Shatner. Uh, they cut out the eyes, did something with the hair and bleached the skin. Yeah, um, there's a movie critic on YouTube that I follow. Uh, his name is Jeremy Johns, and he said, like, you know, if they're gonna have a you know an aged version of a, you know William Shatner mask, they should base it on what William Shatner looks like these days. And then he just did a quick screenshot of William Shatner circa 2018. You know, cut out the eyes, made it white, and he's like, oh my god, it it, it still totally works. I, I I have that picture, <laughs> so I, I didn't yeah. know that that was who that made it. But uh, I think I feel like it was last year that I saw that, and then like I shared it on Twitter. So I, I have seen it. It's pretty funny. Oh, I was going to bring up that story too if you hadn't already shared it too. So that's funny. So what do you think of this new doctor? Do you think he was even necessary? That is, the doctor is the glaring fault in this movie. Is it because of the 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 writing of his character, or just the fact the, that he? I I think the actor did the best he could with mm-hmm. the material that he was given so i don't want to make it sound like i'm slamming him specifically i just thought it got in the way especially with uh, his motivation of trying to understand why michael myers kills what he gets from it and you can't understand something like that 
I mean, he, the man's a psychopath. He's, he's nothing. He, he, he's just there to kill. There's, you, you don't need that character. And to have him affect the plot that the way he did, I thought was, it, it took the movie from an A plus to a low A minus high B plus for me. Okay. Yeah, I I wasn't a fan of the 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 doctor as well. I thought it was an interesting venue that they could have explored. Like you know, obviously he's the one that probably set you know uh, Michael loose uh, on that bus, right? And that's why uh, he was able to escape. Um, obviously, a nod to the original movie as well. Um, my thing was no, I, real quick. I don't mean yeah. to interrupt. But I heard a theory that it was actually Laurie that set him loose. She tampered huh. with the bus somehow because she wanted him to come out. She wanted him to go after her so that she could kill him. I mean, I, I would subscribe to that. That sounds very plausible. But just the fact that the doctor is there and everything that he does later, like, I don't think it's out of reason, you know, that that it, it was him. You know, the way he gets onto the no, bus. No, no. No, it's not. Yeah. Um, my thing is like maybe if this was something that they wanted to explore, I would have saved it maybe for the next movie if there is one, which I'm hearing that there is a possibility. But what I would have liked is um, because they tease us, you know, when he puts on that mask. And I, I like the idea of that, that this guy is so obsessed that he wants to kind of become, right? He even kills and is like, wow, this, okay, th this is how it feels. So he wants to become like Michael Myers. I feel like that could, should be like a separate movie. I mean, again, this is just because I've watched all of the movies, including the bad ones. I thought that they were going to swerve as us as the audience and reveal that he was the bad guy behind all of it, like they did in Halloween 6, The Curse mm. of Michael Myers, which is regarded as one of the worst in the franchise. Okay. I was really, really worried that they were going to go down that route, and I'm was relieved that they didn't. Okay. Yeah, it's just, it, he did get in the way. I didn't mind him as much as most people, but I felt like, again, it, it could have been something separate because the way it unfolds, we find out, you know, he, he puts on the mask, he kills the sheriff. I thought it was going to go further than that, but that's where he dies. You know, we get actually a pretty gruesome death scene where Michael Myers stomps him in the head. Well, I mean, it just goes to what I, I said. There is no understanding of something like that. It's not something that you can really rationalize. He's just evil. Yeah. Loomis was right. Yeah, and he's so evil that he's blinded uh, the fact that he's getting kind of bamboozled by uh, Allison, right? In mm -hmm. the back of the, uh, the the vehicle there. It's like, oh, pull over. I'll tell you what he said. Like, really? And you believed her? It It was like borderline mustache twirling. Yeah. I don't think we're alone in our feelings of the Doctor character. All the reviews that I've watched and read have pretty much said the same thing. It was unnecessary, and it took it down a, a major notch. Okay. Um, let's see here. Let's, let's talk about the, the younger cast members here. We got Allison, and you know we got her boyfriend, some guy that also kind of likes her. Uh, what do you think of like the the teen scenes? You know the 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 dance and you know, the, the, the walk home and stuff. As well done as most of this movie is, at the end of the day, it doesn't lose sight at the fact that it's still a slasher movie. You still have certain tropes that 
belong in slasher movies. Dumb, annoying teenagers are among them. Uh, social gatherings of those dumb, annoying teenagers are another one. Uh, so it it was good. Uh, I, I did turn to my wife uh, after that scene where they were walking down the street and blowing up pumpkins and stuff like that. And I kind of leaned into her and said, boy, I really can't wait to see these guys die. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was a pretty dick move there to, uh, you know, and I have been a victim of somebody smashing my pumpkin, you know, uh, oh, yeah. uh around yeah. Halloween time. So I, it, that, that really pisses Dicks, me off. Each and yeah. every one of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the babysitter, that was probably one of my favorite moments, uh, because she is babysitting, uh, this, uh, little black kid who is hilarious. Um, he uh, was, but that's where I was saying that the humor was just kind of, kind of misplaced because this kid's what eight? Oh, i feel older than that i uh i mean the char- maybe 10 maybe the character was supposed to be that young i'm not sure but um you know having kids and stuff like that i feel like he's probably like 11 maybe 12 the oldest but still i mean do you know kids that are th- that behave that way it yes okay yeah, I yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it was hilarious. I want to see that kid in more projects where his talent can shine. I just thought it was kind of out of place. I I see what you mean. Uh, just because like out of nowhere, this is where all the comedy is. Um, but well, but, there was one other scene, the the cops with their lunches. Oh yes, I, I want to get to that too. I I really enjoyed that one uh, i i felt i i felt that was really real that the cops and also i felt this was very real like uh i i would hope that nobody would ever have to be in a situation where they're you know being chased by something that's trying to kill them but i feel in times like this people have like those kind of out loud narratives you know like oh shit you know and stuff like that i feel those are very real and you know somebody who's kind of watching it on film yeah i i, I think it's funny you know what i mean like uh, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I've, yeah. Do you want to talk about the uh, the lunch scene? So, did did you have a problem with that? Um, because I thought that's actually like just a, I, I feel that's a very real conversation. Like the peanut butter, I, I felt was like a little shade from one cop to the other. Because uh, I don't, I, I would hope nobody would actually make a bun me with, uh, with uh, peanut butter. <laughs> And that is a a sandwich I eat. You know, matter of fact, I think I had one earlier this week. Uh, but it is a Vietnamese French styled sandwich, uh, sometimes with pate. But I mean, there's a variety of ways you can make it. I was say um, you lost me at pate. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kind of. I mean, well, that's the the French part, you know. But yeah. you can get it without. Uh, again, there are other styles um that it can be made with but uh i thought it was nice that they showed that a little love little ethnic food there i thought it was a funny scene i i I thought that the back and forth between the two actors was very well done i thought the dialogue was great but ultimately you could have cut that entire scene out of the movie and it wouldn't have made any difference to the movie whatsoever yeah, but I feel like you could do that with uh, a lot of scenes, and not particularly just this movie. Um, I felt, you know, for a, a movie being so brutal, you know, in terms of, like all the death, it's nice to have a little levity. In um, it I think- is, it is. But with with this style of movie, you got to keep the pace up. Okay. You got to keep the the heart rate of the audience up, and then to have a, a scene like that out of nowhere is just kind of jarring. Yeah, for for me, like okay, may, maybe you're right in terms of it being out of 
placed, uh, you know, like where it's actually in the movie. But what I like about it is we, we get this levity, then all of a sudden, like the sheriff's vehicle stops from afar and they're like, what is that? And then it gets tense and then there's this buildup. And I found that to be very effective for me. I did too. I did too. Uh, this is one of those situations where I wanted to scream at the screen, uh, to scream, you know, scream at the characters, call, you know, to, for them to call back up, you morons. Mm-hmm. The cops not responding. You know that there's this masked killer on the loose. Get your weapons in hand. Get you know as many uh, people back there to to help you out. Then approach the vehicle. Yeah, and the cops death scene was pretty awesome too. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know what? Again, this is a slasher movie. If people were smart in slasher movies, they'd be 30 seconds long. Yeah. yeah? <laughs> That's right. Uh, one more comment and we'll move on from the Julian. I, I think it's the, the, the little kid's name. But mm-hmm. I, I like how he tried to tell her to send um, Dave, Vicky's boyfriend, <laughs> up, up <laughs> Because, I mean, that is not a trope, you know? Like, you've never, ever heard somebody say that before. You know, send, send your boyfriend, because I like you, you know, kind of kind of deal. Yeah, it might have been too funny for its own good, but I still really enjoyed it. Yeah, like I said, I, I thought the, the child actor did an amazing job, and I really hope that he's used uh, in other projects where he can shine again. Yeah. Um, one of the other uh, moments I liked is, I, I think it was before that scene, it's when uh, Michael Myers actually, he gets to like this one house and a lot. there's a lot of these like single shots, you know, just... These oh, are you talking about of... the big long tracking shot where he's going house to house? Yes. And then... And that then... was... Te- oh, that was genuinely creepy. Yeah, it it really is, and then it like it stops in front of this one house, and then he walks to the side, and then you see him come from the back, like that. That really sent chills up my spine. Matter of fact, I'm getting goosebumps right now just talking about it. Well, especially the thing that I found effective was when he just walked into a random house where a lady was by herself sitting at the kitchen table, and beat her to death with a, a claw hammer. You didn't actually see any violence. You heard it, and you had enough information to be able to piece it together in your head, but you didn't actually see the violence. I thought that was very effective. Now, what are your thoughts on the crying baby? Uh, I thought that it was very well done, where you were nervous that he was going to kebab the kid. I'm still trying to wonder why he chose to just walk away from the, the baby, though. Yeah, because that was my thing. I feel like you know, because that was more of a fake out, in my opinion. You know, because well, yeah, especially because he earlier in the movie when he was making his escape had no problem killing a kid. Yeah, which I, is something I, you, won't, granted, you almost never see in movies. Granted, the you kid never was see. a little bit older, but it was still pretty brutal to see. Exactly, you yeah. don't see kids getting killed in these movies, but you do in this one. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that should have just been left out. Like you know cut that the, the crying baby out you know because if you're not going to do anything with it why show it and have us kind of questioning it because i felt that took me out a little bit i actually enjoyed it because at the time it was a, a great sense of tension and i like wondering why he chose to not hurt the baby yeah you know, I, I like ambiguity sometimes okay all right that's fair uh, any other death scenes before we kind of get to the end? Uh, what did you think about like the the family dynamic between Lori and her daughter? Or actually, just the entire family. 
I thought it was sad. Yeah. You know, uh, I I think given everything that Lori went through, I think it's very understandable why she was the way she was. Uh, she's a very strong woman, but she's flawed. She's an alcoholic. She's distant from her uh, daughter. She's had several failed romantic relationships. Uh, she probably needs a, a, a lot of therapy herself. Uh, and I thought that it was also equally understandable where her daughter just had enough, where she didn't want to live her life based on her mother's trauma. So it's very, very understandable. Uh, thank God it's not relatable. But I I have seen people who are still dealing with uh, uh, PTSD. And uh, they they do act that way, yeah. Yeah, I really loved her portrayal. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen her in you know the previous ones. And that was the original plan was we were going to uh, tackle these Lori Strode movies. But... Uh, you know, as life happens, you know, you just find very little time to kind of watch and record them all. But um, I really like it because I, I didn't know what to expect. And this isn't a role I've seen her do in other movies. You know, like when I think of Jamie Lee Curtis, I, I don't, you know, immediately go to Halloween like m- maybe many people do. I think mm-hmm. of like Trading Places. I think of True Lies. And I think of like, you know, that type of Jamie Lee Curtis. So to see her hair all grown out, wearing a plaid shirt, wielding a gun, it's very different for me. And, and I like it a lot. I thought it was very brave. Very brave because she was very much a sex symbol in the 80s to mid 90s. She was uh, very well known for her sex appeal. And to see her let herself age like that and not be shown in a glamorous way, I thought was incredibly brave of her. Yeah, I mean, because they could have even done like the whole... Um, you know, Linda Hamilton from part two or T2, right? They could mm-hmm. have like given her muscles and, and all that. And I'm glad that they went with this more grounded reality. So, uh, I, I do like that. Um, w- one of the, uh, scenes that I kind of completely missed that I, I just absolutely love is the gas station scene. Oh, yeah. You, you can't have a Michael Myers movie without the gas station scene. Yeah, so uh, I love the the tension, you know, in the in the stalls, you know, where he's going through each one, and I just like it how it's actually like the woman that's in there. I, I don't know if she's. Uh, let's not talk about exactly what she was doing in the bathroom, but it could easily have been the guy, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think the fact that it's her, uh, I think, is a little bit more unsettling, um, and also like the teeth when he just drops like all those teeth. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was gnarly. That's pretty gross. Uh, so yeah, that that was a that was a great scene as well. <laughs> I just liked how there's that one moment, like uh, Aaron, he he sees like this old lady and like he waves at her, or no, he gives her like the peace sign, <laughs> like the st- <laughs> stereotypical like uh, tourist, you know, like hey, hey peace, you know, because they think that's what like Americans do or something. Yeah, uh, I thought that was pretty funny, very appropriate. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the end. We finally get the family over to Lori's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray is the first to die. That that was a little surprise to me. Like he, he really, didn't... I, I didn't think it was that surprising because, let's face it, it it wasn't Ray's story. It was the story of Lori's lineage. I would say. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I get that, but I think for how unceremonious like his death was and everything, like it was just very 
brief, you know, and then he's kind of forgotten about later on. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, did, was he necessary? Like, the, she could have easily had been like a, a single mother, um, kind of. I think it was necessary just to kind of show that maybe her daughter, her was, daughter trying to... was trying to live a normal suburban life. She did not want to be like her mother. She didn't right. want to live. She didn't want to base her entire life on trauma. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Uh, there is another scene that I completely forgot about that I do want to touch on real quick. It's the the drunken friend, you know, in that in that yard, and I just love the use of the motion uh, motion sensor light. Yeah, I thought it was great. This movie was great at uh, building up tension, you know, getting it wound up tight and then releasing it. I, I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, and then, like, once the, the motion sensor, like, you, you could feel, like, the cadence of it, go, like, kind of turning on and off a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, your heart racing a little bit. So I, I really liked that scene. Uh, it was very, very well done. kind of almost reminded me a little bit of um, that one point uh, in, in the original movie where Michael Myers was, like, behind the sheets a little bit, but just at nighttime. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. All right, so the very end, uh, Michael Myers gets to the house. Uh, you got the strode women, uh, you know, beneath the ground. So this is where most of my criticisms are, really. It's just because Michael Myers, we, we know how he walks and, you know, how heavy his footsteps are. And then that one scene, you know, the jump scene where uh, Laurie opens up the, the closet door and it's Ray. And I'm just thinking, like, at no point did they hear the movement of, like, you know, Ray's body being dragged or, or you know, placed in the closet. So very, very nitpicky. I get it. I understand. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? It, it, it didn't bother it did, you? It didn't even occur to me until you just okay. said that. Okay. So now what do you think? It it, do, it doesn't bug me. Still? You know, that's one okay. of those things where I, I can suspend my disbelief on that. I, I find it kind of hard to suspend my disbelief that, he was able to get back up and walk around and not be affected by getting hit full force in the ribs by an SUV right. going at top speed. Uh, I thought that was a little kind of hard to get over, but I I eventually put it to the back of my mind. Yeah. See, it's just little things like that because, again, you know, just a little word to the listeners. These, these aren't movies that I watch, so I don't know you know, the the tropes and the formulas and stuff like that. So when I see something like that, I think, you know, I kind of revert to, like, the regular drama and action movies where I'm like, well, how is that plausible? You know, yeah, and so well, I'm plus just... I, I thought it was a, a nice nod to the original movie. Okay. When Lori was going through uh, her friend's house and she was discovering the placement of the bodies that Michael put them in. Mm. So I, I thought it was a nice nod. Yeah, and, you know, there, and there were. That's another thing I loved about this movie. There were so many great nods to yeah. all of the movies. You took the words you out know, of my mouth. I was about to say the, that the, the good ones, the bad ones, they embraced them all, but you had to look for them. Yeah, it's one of those things that uh, you know. Again, I didn't grow up these movies, so as uh, as one that does, you you feel rewarded when you catch those things. It's pretty amazing, and. um you know, uh, we I mentioned at the top of the show, you and I, we covered Cobra Kai, and there's a lot of things like that in that show where, you know, when we get the references, you know, you feel like, hey, I got that. You know, a little pat on the back mm-hmm. there. So, yeah. uh, clearly, these people were uh, fans uh, of the movie for sure. Yeah, you can tell that a lot of love went into the production of this uh, movie, and it, and it shows mm-hmm. through and through. 
So they trap him, uh, you know, in the basement. Obviously, this entire thing was a trap, not a cage, not a, not a safe house. It, it was a way to get him downstairs. And, man, the setup was amazing, right? I so, thought it was great. I thought it was such a well-paid-off ploy. Yes. Thank you. Uh, great, great words. Uh, and then, so we see the house blow up. We, we never see a body. And the movie ends. How do you, so what do you think about that ending? Do you think, um, obviously it can be left either way, whether there's a sequel or not, but what are your thoughts on whether is he dead or what do you think of the ending? (sighs) I loved the ending and I liked this movie. I didn't quite love it because the doctor character was that bad for me, but I liked this movie enough to where I don't want a sequel. Okay. I think that this was the perfect way to put a bow tie on the franchise and lay it to rest. Yeah. If decades of watching movies has taught me anything, you got to see a body. And we didn't see a body. Well, not only that, but this is becoming a one of those cultural phenomenons. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll send you the story, but uh, just maybe 20 miles south of me, there was a a scare the other day because somebody was going through the streets dressed as Michael Myers, staring at people, and they had the cops come out, only to find out that it was a high school kid practicing his uh, uh, shtick for the Halloween party. Of of course he was. When you have stuff like that happening in real life, it's, it's, it's too successful for them to not make a sequel. Right. And to me... I, I just wish they wouldn't. What I would rather see them do is I'd rather have everybody that was involved in the production of this movie, both in front of and behind the camera, I want to see them reunite and create something original. Because not only do I think the team works very well together, but it would be more in line with what the original plan for the franchise was supposed to be, which was a, a horror anthology. Why, why can't we, Why can't we do that? Yeah, what what if it is like an anthology, but still using Michael Myers? You know, uh, maybe we end the Laurie Strode, you know, saga. You know, with these, you know, two movies, the original and then this. And then what if these same people, you know, behind the camera, the writers, and everyone involved continue on, but without Laurie? You know, uh, because not even the Strodes. Him, if you have him get out of that. To me, it cheapens the ending of what no. I thought was a really great ending. But but it wouldn't be following this movie. You know, it'd be... You like know, a different version of Michael Myers? Like a different timeline? Like what this movie was? Or maybe following whatever the, the last one was before the zombie movies. What, what was oh, it? Oh, no. Re- oh, no. Resurrection? Resurrection? Or? No, yeah. no. Uh, we Halloween fans don't talk about that movie, <laughs> sir. Okay. So that's the... Uh, <laughs> that's that the Buster Rhymes movie. That That is the, the sequel that is not to be mentioned or yeah, whatever. That is, that is the worst one of them all. Okay. So H2O. So, uh, well, I guess uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis is in that one. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I mean, no, I, I would imagine people wouldn't want the end of Michael Myers. I can see it continuing, but maybe not following this particular movie. Just started off somewhere else, you know, and and Michael Myers is now kind of just kind of restarting a new timeline, I guess. Yeah. Now, speaking of timelines, what are your thoughts about what they did with this movie where they said not only are the bad movies wiped clean, 
but Halloween 2 is also wiped clean, which then would mean that Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Lori, is not Michael Myers' sister. That seems to be kind of a, a dividing point for a lot of fans. What What's your opinion on it? Well, see, that's uh, something I I didn't know that came in in part two. I I uh, I know that they are siblings, but I didn't know that that came after like the first movie. But after, yeah, I I guess if if they're wiping part two apart, this makes them not connected. And I'm pretty sure that didn't come up in this one, right? They didn't. It it did. Okay. They, they were kind of winking to the the uh, audience where they were talking about how. You know what? He killed five people. Big deal. It's not that bad. Move on. Which was kind of their way of saying that audiences these days, if they were to watch the original, wouldn't find it that gory or that scary. But they were also saying, wait a second, isn't uh, Michael Myers your grandmother's brother? Oh, no, no, no. That's something that they just made up. Mm, I see. Well, at least they kind of addressed it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it doesn't bother me, and probably because I'm not like you know a big fan like everybody else. You know, I I'm gonna say that. So if they're kind of not acknowledging the the second movie, but at least addressing that part, I'm fine with it. But um, I am still interested in at least checking out that second movie. Oh, the second movie is it's it's good. I think you might enjoy it a little bit more than the first one because it it, it does up the body count it does up the gore factor significantly okay yeah and, and again the first one it it's fine for me you know it's it's not one that i would go back and revisit so yeah yeah I, i'd be very interested to see what the second one was um it, if i had to pick you know the ones that i can even recall uh, of all the ones i watched this is the one that i would go back and and rewatch uh you know like for halloween or something if i was in the mood for it I, I would, again, I mentioned that I always watch uh, the 1978 John Carpenter every year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like uh, my version of watching A Christmas Story in December. Sure. Uh, I would have a hard time believing next year I'm not going to follow my yearly viewing of the 78 original directly with this one. I, I was that impressed with it. To me, it's the definitive sequel. All right. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people agree in the numbers. They they show that people are really enjoying this movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess that will wrap it up. And Tom, I want to thank you for coming on the show. And oh, uh, thank you for giving me somebody to talk to about this. It was... <laughs> I'm, I'm very surprised, you know, that, uh, you know. Well, I mean, I talked to my wife about it, but, you know, she I, I love her dearly. She's the light of my life, but she doesn't really like to get into the nitty gritty details of uh, the movies. Gotcha. And Jake, my co-host, he flat out refused to watch this movie because he doesn't like horror movies. Uh, And he thought that uh, H2O was the perfect ending for the series. Mm, Interesting. Well, he is missing out then. He is. Yeah. He is. Okay. So why don't you uh, give your plugs, uh, you know, for anybody that wants to follow you on anything else that you do? And why wouldn't they want to follow me on anything else that I do? (laughs) But uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Drunken Dork. On Facebook, uh, we have our uh, group page. It's called Jake and Tom Conquer the Group. And I also co-host a uh, show called Jake and Tom Conquer the World. We're on a uh, brief hiatus while I recharge my batteries, but we'll be back before you know it. Yeah, and speaking of recharging batteries, that's not really what I've been doing. I've been on a bit of a hiatus because Tom and I, we've been doing the Cobra Kai stuff. And I think we got like 38 episodes over there. So been pumping them out ever since May. And so that I, I have put Paul Stalgic on a... Back, uh, on the back burner a little bit just because I don't have a regular co-host here uh, for those that 
you know, follow the show, know that uh, I often have my son Phoenix on the, on the, the show as well. But he recently has a uh, he has moved. Uh, he now resides in Vegas. You know, so he's eighteen and starting his young adult life. So. Um, you know, we all here at home wish him well, obviously, and so we'll we'll see. Uh, I'm not saying that anything's gonna happen to Paul Stalgic, but uh, you know, I'm sure I'm gonna have a lot more unique episodes where they're not, you know, your traditional movie reviews. I already have a bunch of bonus episodes in mind, a bunch of solo reviews I'll probably be doing by myself. So things are coming; they're coming slowly, but um, I am definitely not going away. So if you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at Paul Stalgic. Or for the Cobra Kai stuff, Cobra Kai Pod on Twitter, Cobra Kai Podcast on Instagram. So thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you guys go back and check out some of the other episodes if you are a newer listener or checking this out for the first time. Um, so thanks again, Tom, and uh, I'll see you guys next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.